everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of Words, Images, and Worlds at the Drafting Table with comics creator Jim Keefe. May I call you Jim? Is that okay? Jim is fine. All right. Thank you so much for jumping in and joining, and thank you also for representing the classic Star Wars trilogy back there. I see that on your <laughs> shelf as well. Yeah, That's... Do you know, it's funny you should mention that because my son got that for me for Christmas one year Mm -hmm. and he must have heard me complain about the ones that were redone with all the extra special effects since then. Yeah. Because I actually, when they were re-released, I brought my kids to see them when they were young Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, these are the ones I saw when I was young and they stuck in all the special effects and I was like, oh, this is not right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it was a little jarring. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, we were talking about the difference because I have like the digital effect here, but uh, I see the love for practical effects. I love oh, it. Oh my well, and as far as practical, I still even with my work, I still use pen and ink. Um I use a Wacom tablet. I do lettering, digital lettering, I do draw digitally as well, mm-hmm. but I love the traditional. I love just the effects you can get with it. And I feel a little more connected to the drawing that way. Yeah. So, and in no way slamming people who work digitally because it's the end product that matters. Mm -hmm. So whatever, whatever kind of makes it the, makes for the best drawing, whatever your, whatever tools you use, that's what I think you should use. For me, it's traditional. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I love that that mixture, too. I find myself enjoying work um, regardless. As long as it's a human that has made it, I'm good with it. Yeah, it works. Oh, and we can talk. We can talk a little <laughs> bit about AI. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, that that human touch matters for sure. Well, yeah, and I'm going to actually not that we plan to talk about it, mm-hmm. but it's interesting because the SAG strikes are over now with the actors Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's centered around the use of AI yeah. and the use of them, like just scanning actors and then using them in films that they were never in. And I feel like AI with the arts right now, like it's a tool. It can be used. I mean, when you mm-hmm. use your map to go somewhere in your car, that's using artificial, you know, it's using Mm-hmm. algorithms and such to figure out the best way to get someplace but it is that kind of like where do you cross the line mm-hmm. and i feel like a lot of the programs out there right now are strip mining other artists yeah and you can yeah it's just not there needs to be guardrails on now same as i kind of when i was watching the sag strikes uh with the actors i was really I was connecting with them as far as, you know, they want to have some kind of more say in their work. They don't want their work. uh, They don't want to have it used without their authorization, much like Mm -hmm. artists. Mm -hmm. And I wish there was some kind of union for cartoonists where we could have a group voice because individually a lot, we don't, we're not as strong individually as we are with a group as a group. So it's just the nature of this business freelance you don't have a you have like the National Cartoonist Society, which mm-hmm. is a gathering of cartoonists, but it's not like a guild which is working to fight those legal battles. 
Yeah, yeah. But I, I did not realize that AI was a part of the strike until it was over. Um, I'd read something about streaming rights or something with streaming. And then, uh, and that's just my ignorance of not following it more closely, but uh, definitely well, issues that we, come up. Well, you say not following it closely too. There's, whenever you're looking at anything online and I, I'm talking about stuff you are well aware of, this is you know, I'm not not giving you any new information. There's so much noise out there. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get some kind of the specific details that really can make a difference because it sometimes it's boiled down to just black and white issues like with yeah. the SAG strike. And I keep going back to that because the parallels with my industry are so big, mm -hmm. but they just like say, oh, these people, you know, look at these multimillion dollar actors. Why are they complaining? And if that's the soundbite, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. But, mm -hmm. you know, they're not being paid that much if the CEOs aren't making tons more through them. And that's yeah. only the, you know, smallest percentage of people mm -hmm. and connecting it to comics. There's a small percentage of people who make a good living at it. But for there's a huge number working in the trenches mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. eke out a living. And if they're doing self-published work or work of their own, they're supplementing their work. They're supplementing their um, art with they can be teachers. They can mm -hmm. be working at a coffee shop. It doesn't you know, it's it runs the gamut as far as what they could be doing to help. As far as to then also do their art as well. Yeah. So, yeah, and I'm jumping all the way. I'm jumping all over the place just because just because. It's good. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just thinking about the world of comics, um, I was going to ask what connected you to the world initially, but but you're absolutely right. This um, sort of like small percentage of people that have comics as their primary living, and then so many others that have a variety of, of additional jobs. And, ways well, and there was a, a time, even when doing comic books, where you could... You look at people like um, John Buscema and Gene Cole, like the people, mm -hmm. the artists of the 70s, not that they were making a ton of money by any means, mm -hmm. but you could at least support yourself. Um, and you could be like when John Buscema was on certain titles, he was on Conan, you know, for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. Now, when comics are put out, I see a lot of situations where an artist writer team are only on for like five, six issues. And then it yeah. switches to something else. And there's no kind of security in that as far as being the artist. Um, unless you're, I mean, you see people like Alex Ross, you see people who have big names, well-established, um, that can, you know, and granted, they worked in the trenches for a long time as well. But, you know, they can make a better living than some um, but at the same time, it's so piecemeal. It's so hard. Mm -hmm. And as far as, and I'll get actually to your question. Oh, no, as you're, far as you're, what, good. you're good. Oh, as far <laughs> as what got me into comics, because um, the big thing, and I'm going to be grabbing stuff just sure. here. Like, this was huge. John mm -hmm. Romita, Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. So that was just huge for me. And... It was one of those things as a kid reading comics where um, even talking to the audience I am right now, 
it has to be said that comic books weren't in specialty shops. Uh-huh. Like they were in drugstores. They were just everywhere. You could go into a drugstore or just um, any 7-Eleven, I'm thinking, and there would just be a wall of comics or a, sp- a spinner racks of comics that you could yeah. buy relatively cheap. Um, so there was just so that's what drew me in initially. I'm mm-hmm. picking up spy, I'm picking up all these Marvel comics. I'm picking up some Batman and Superman. But um as I got into my teen years, it kind of you kind of have those learning curves where you're following, you know, Spider-Man was my favorite. And it's like, oh, these comics, I like these Spider-Man comics better than these Spider-Man comics. Uh-huh. And it, it's it's a case of like, oh, I like this art or artist writer team more than that artist writer team. Things start to connect. And then if they change the artist writer team, it's like, oh, that character isn't as good anymore. It's like, uh-huh. well, I'm used to a certain artist and writer, which I grew up loving. So it isn't so much the character as the writer artist. Uh-huh. Um, Marvel, you know, when Marvel and DC, they they have their intellectual properties of Superman, Spider-Man, Batman. The characters would be nothing without the phenomenal writers and artists who've worked on them. And granted, you have a character like Batman who it's literally you know seeking vengeance uh you know as far as his parents being killed uh-huh. that's so true with so many greek myths and you know uh-huh. different it's such a template a simple simple template which an, a good writer and a good artist can really expand on and have fun with and you know and then there's a bunch of stories which are just forgettable because you don't have a good writer artist team so wow. sometimes i think when you think of your favorite characters, I, I'm kind of, I wish there was more of a recognition of, oh, it's not actually the character you may not like as much as that writer and artist team who mm-hmm. are producing that character. Mm-hmm. So, and for me, um, literally, so Spider-Man by Ross Andrew, and I believe it was Jerry Conway at the time, like that was the main book. And uh-huh. then you had Marvel Tales doing the Stan Lee's uh, John Romita book, you know, the older stuff. Yeah. So I had that just some phenomenal artists and writers. And then when I, in the 70s, the Spider-Man newspaper strip came out, uh-huh. which was penciled and inked by Romita. It was his storytelling, his pacing of a story. And he's one of my he's one of my favorite artists from back then um i've taught at a bunch of schools if any of my former students are listening they're like oh my god he's talking about john ramita again because <laughs> it is like yeah yeah okay okay but, but you know we all have our though. yeah we all have our favorites and he passed uh-huh. away just recently you know within the last year and he left such an indelible mark like he is marvel comics for the latter part of the 60s and into the 70s and as art director he had that kind of control and artistic just knowledge that just kind of steered the ship no matter because marvel was being traded and sold to all these different companies but the characters stayed strong because of the people involved back then and he he was like he was he was a really good company man. And I mean that in the best way where he like just produced his best work under 
very limited restrictions. Like mm-hmm. here's, you know, it's like a, you know, all that's all that's involved in working with a business. Because a lot of times I feel for anyone who works in the business, um, it's almost amazing to me that good work can be produced because yeah. there's so many obstacles put in your way because of size restrictions, because of how it's reproduced, because of the format it's in, um, because of once it's out of your hands, things get changed. Like Mm -hmm, even, mm -hmm. you know, I do the Sally Forth newspaper strip right now. Mm -hmm. And I, I, um, it's written by Francesco Marciuliano, does a fantastic job. We have some really creative stuff going on because of him visually, you know, that's my, that's, that's my part. And we, but once it's out of our hands, it goes to a newspaper and they'll format it on a page and just squash it and stretch it to fish like fit wherever. So, and this is true with all the strips, like, you know, Charles Schultz was complaining about this for the, you know, 40 years ago that once it's out of your hands, how they put it in the paper you have no control. The syndicate doesn't have control on it. It's Uh very much the newspapers. So it's amazing that good work can be produced sometimes, I feel, with people's hands in the mix that really don't care. Like they're looking at, we're just going to format this and, oh, that doesn't fit? Well, we'll squash it. You know, Uh we won't even shrink it proportionally, which just drives cartoonists nuts. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 So, uh, oh, yeah. So, ahead. growing up, it was uh, Romita and the Spider-Man artists, Ross Andrew, and of course, you read those, and then it's like, oh, Steve Ditko, you discover because it's like, oh, where did these? You know, you want to see the first time these characters ever mm-hmm. appeared, and then you find out about Steve Ditko, and it's like, oh my, it's amazing. You know, so yeah. it's a bunch. They had so many phenomenal artists on that title. So my. My like um my in was the Spider-Man character and the phenomenal artists and writers who were on it at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now speaking of an indelible mark, you were talking about um Ramita's mark on comics. You have worked on, you mentioned Sally Forth as well as Flash Gordon for a number of years. Oh, and yeah. And then uh you also got started doing coloring on a variety of comics i believe if my wikipedia research is correct including <laughs> oh, wikipedia <Ava. laughs> that's right that's right um so my wikipedia page is another story it's amazing <laughs> i because i tried to correct it once oh yeah and i yeah. i found out that's you can't do that oh. like i was booted off because huh. you can't edit your own stuff and then someone corrected it for me because it just had dates and everything wrong so huh. Someone else corrected it and they put a picture of me on there and everything. And I was like, oh, thank goodness it's corrected. And then someone else came in and took off the picture and stripped it down because they were like, none of this is authorized and it's from the artist's own website. And I'm like, well, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> that's that's but yeah. So Wikipedia, it's I'm hoping your info is in the ballpark. Yeah, yeah. Hagar. Hagar <laughs> is one of those. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So when I graduated, so I'm uh, alumnus, alumnus, is that a good word? Of uh, the works. Joe Q. Yeah, that if it isn't, we can, <laughs> we'll do a, we'll do a loop and you can alum. That's right. Um, <laughs> so 
I went to the Joe Kubert school and coming out of the Joe Kubert school, King features just that summer was looking for a new colorist to be on staff in their comic art department. Mm -hmm. So they contacted all they contacted school of visual arts. They contacted the Kubert school. They contacted Pratt, I think. And so a bunch of students from each school submitted stuff. And it was interesting because only the Kubert students got a second call back because we knew color guides. We knew yeah. all the comic lingo. We knew the business of comics and how like, so we weren't just giving us like, oh, here's something I colored. We were giving like, oh, and here's how I, you know, here's the color chart to break it down. So it's yeah. like, oh, we're going to call those guys back because we don't have to teach them this. Great. Mm -hmm. So and just fortunately, I was the guy who ended up being the colorist who got hired. And that's where. Holy crap, that was such an education because I jumped into um, coloring Blondie, Beetle Bailey, Hagar, yeah. Popeye, Cats and Jammer, just like it was like 15 or 16 strips of the Sunday pages a week. Uh -huh. and not only that but then your course you're working with artists sending in stuff so uh let me be nostalgic um so john cullen murphy at the time was working on prince valiant uh -huh. so it was getting like when i was working in the 90s it was the it was the shift from traditional to digital yeah. But a lot of artists didn't want to worry about Xeroxing and stuff. They would just send in the originals. And then King Features was like, send in copies because we'd rather not deal with mailing because we have to send this stuff back to you. But we would get, like, I would see John Cullen Murphy original Prince Valiant pages when they came in. Wow. And they, they still smelled of his pipe tobacco. <laughs> like, and like, there's a... Um, Hal Foster is like the gold standard of comic strip artists doing Prince Valiant. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Big, beautiful pages back from the 30s to the 80s. And it's said that, you know, John Cullen Murphy came in and then it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's just not up to the standard of Hal Foster. Well, Hal Foster picked him specifically. He had been doing a strip called um big ben bolt i think it was about a boxer and uh -huh. so he moved from that to doing prince valiant and granted hal foster is the gold standard but john cullen murphy's originals which he did the same size as a full page sunday page still were incredibly beautiful uh -huh. and then they would be a photo stat back in the day we take a photo stat of it shrink it down cut it up and put it into different formats uh -huh. well now you're ma you're making a copy of a copy uh -huh. like you're already shrinking it and prince valiant went to a whole page on a comics page to being one of seven to ten strips wow. so yeah. i think the sometimes there's an unfair just judgment on him and it's uh -huh. like well he didn't have the he didn't have the size to work in and the reproduction value and everything was just not the same as when it was done back when Hal Foster was doing it. And wow. I can't say enough about him. He was, yeah, he was like Foster doing Prince Valiant and who was doing Terry and the Pirates, uh, Milton Kniff. Uh -huh. um, and then, of course, 
Foss. Oh, and Raymond, Alex Raymond doing Flash Gordon. I should know that one, of course. Um, like those were the three, which like when I went to the Joe Kubert school, those are the artists Joe Kubert grew up on. Like I'm looking at, you know, Romita and Ross Andrew and those guys, and he's growing up on those Sunday pages. So like you do, what was fun about going to that school is you had all these artists who you were like, oh, you like this stuff? Let me show you where that, like, these are the guys who inspired those guys. Uh And even Romita, I I was able to meet him when I was at the Kubert school. And he was like, oh, if you like my stuff, check out Noel Sickles and check out Milton Kniff, because those are my favorite. Nice, nice. So you had a bunch of that. And then when I also, when I was going to the Kubert school, it was during the 80s. So there was this huge, you had, oh my God, Dark Knight by Frank Miller. You had Mouse by Art Spiegelman. You had Alan Moore doing Watchmen and Swamp Thing and um, V for Vendetta. So it was just an amazing time for comics when I was going to the Kubert School. And I actually, I found out about the Kubert School because Steve Bissett and John Tottleben doing Swamp Thing did an interview for comics journal. And at the time I was going to some schools, some area schools, and I just w- hadn't found my niche and Toddle Ben and the set are like, Oh yeah, we went to this school. It's a Joe Kubert school. It's been op- like by then when I applied and got in, it had only been open like 10 years. Uh, so wow. when I applied, yeah. it was not even a decade old yet. And I was like, Kubert school, I'm going there. I got to submit <laughs> stuff and go there. Because that's yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. Um, by means of a, a final question as we're closing out, you're you're working in the world of comics. You're continuing to share stories. Um, curious where people can go to learn more and follow along and check out the work that you've done and that you're doing. Oh, well, mostly I have a website, jimkeefe.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where... You can find out most stuff um, like Flash Gordon I did back in the late 90s into 2000. Mm -hmm. So there's examples of my stuff there and what I'm, you know, and stuff I'm working on. There's going to be a Patreon coming up in a couple months because I'm working on new projects. And I just love the idea of being able to kind of promote it as you're kind of working on it. Mm -hmm. And then as far as Sally Forth goes... That's comicskingdom.com. Comicskingdom.com. Yeah, comicskingdom.com. And I'm going to, here's my plug for them. Because, oh God, I think, I think a subscription for a yearly subscription is still, I think it's like 25 bucks or less. Like it's incredibly, it's a small amount for all year. And you get like, so of all their strips, like say Sally Forth or um, there's a bunch, there's just a bunch of new ones. Actually, Flash Gordon was just, uh, they have a new nice. artist uh, just released. There's new Flash Gordon stories out there. And as far as their archive of each strip, you can go back like 10 years for every single strip for that subscription. So you can see like the new artist stuff on Flash Gordon and then scroll back and see some of my stuff as well in the (laughs) archives. And then Sally Forth, same thing. It's like my current stuff, comicskingdom.com. And then you have like 10 years worth of archives for all their strips, which is just 
it's just phenomenal. And as far as like, I'm big on adventure strips. Mm -hmm. So you have, do you know Mark Schultz who did like Xenozoic Tales? And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, he's writing Prince Valiant now. Yeah. With yeah. an artist, Tom Yates, who used to work on Swamp Thing, all this connection, and who yeah. used to go to the Kubert School. So like you have that out there. And once again, 10 years worth of archives on that, which if you do that, you could probably, I don't know if Gary Gianni is in the last 10 years of Prince Valiant because we had those COVID years, which all of a sudden mm. you have no idea when what happened anymore. Right. So, <laughs> True but yeah, enough. so it is like the subscription. If you, if you're signing on, it's not, you're not just seeing that one strip. You're seeing a wealth of comic strips. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, well, thank you so much, Jim, for taking some time. Thank you for showing us the drafting table. Um, and, and, glad <laughs> hey, and I'm to... sorry. I, I hope you got a word in edgewise. I just kind of talk nonstop. Oh, no, no, you're great. You were great. <laughs> uh, great to talk with you. Great to meet you and glad to have you back anytime. Oh, that would be great. All right. And I love I love the podcast and I'm looking forward to seeing more of the episodes I haven't seen yet. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Very kind of you. Oh,